Hello and welcome to the Moons Over My Podcast, recorded live at America's Diner. I don't know why recorded live made me feel weird. As it's been opposed, a while. As opposed to the opposite. Yeah. It's been... Recorded dead at America's Diner. It's, I mean, that's how my bowels feel right now. But Oof. Oh. You did that get was, the nachos. Yeah. I did. Yeah, that I was did. on you. And it was the only meal I've eaten today. It's, so. <laughs> it's also just like you were telling us how you didn't feel well today. And when you were like, I'll do the nachos, and he said, half or full, and you went full, I was like, whoa. Yeah. I think Mike is, uh, because I think this is the cry for help yeah, from it Mike. Is, it is. Well, because I wanted my internals to feel, to as, feel bad as, as bad, as, bad as, as your the rest of my body mm, did. Gotcha. So, you know, I think uh, mission accomplished. Yes. <laughs> well, well done, you. Good for, on you. For the listener, for the longtime listeners, uh, this might not mean anything to you, but we're back at the original Denny's. Yeah. yeah. With the bar, people. That's yeah. right. You can That's hear right. it. You can hear the sadness of the bar. We just felt like we were bringing you too high quality of of stuff in a yeah. higher quality establishment, and we felt that it was necessary that we bring our broadcasting from Denny's down a peg. Yeah. So either that or Derek moved back to the area. So. <laughs> Whichever one you want to believe. Look, you guys can choose your to story. You. Totally it's a very to Joker esque. Want to know how I got these scars? Kind of thing. <laughs> Everyone uh, has a different take on it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> the more times you hear it, you find something different. It's it's great. Yeah, wait. So whose version was? <laughs> What's Matt's version? Well, for sure the the IHOP episodes were the Jared Leto of our <laughs> podcast. Um, <laughs> that's all I know. <laughs> so wait, which is this then? Is this Heath Ledger? Mm. Is this Cesar Romero? Is this, where are we? Cesar Romero painted on painted makeup on the mustache. Yes, wow. Because he refused to shave. Let's go with that one. Yeah. You want, you want to go that one? Okay, go Cesar Romero. All right, I'll take it. I don't even know what we're talking about anymore, so <laughs> it, it works perfectly. Uh, anyway, guys, the show where we talk about current events and politics uh, after eating a meal at Denny's. Um, yeah, so who's kicking it off tonight? Well, we should probably. We hey, should, I'm, I, you know, I'm me. And you're you, and you are him. But not in front of him. Right. <laughs> if you're not him, and he's not him, then who's you? I'm me. Wait, who's on first? What? No one is talking about him. The who? Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was thinking we could just do this whole episode anonymously, and then no one would know. Yes, the moon's over my podcast, hosted by Anon. <laughs> yeah. Hosted by QAnon, actually. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, you said it's been a while, but it's literally been the amount of time between every episode, yeah. a month. So maybe, maybe it feels like it's been a while. Uh, you've had a whole whirlwind of it's true. things it's, going on it's in your true. life. It's true. I you really know. have. Yeah. It's been anyway, a lot. 2018 has been the year of change for me. So uh, I'm Michael Maxwell. I'm Derek Murray. And I'm Matt Avila. All right. Let's now that that's out of the way. Okay. All right. Now that they know who we are. Who wants to start? Uh, I think uh, I think I'll kick things off, guys. Um, now look, there were hop to it. Yeah, got him. Uh, I just want to preface this by saying that there were a multitude of articles that I could have gone with, uh, all of which you'd be very familiar with, and we could have very long conversations on. There was a whole pouch of things he could have reached into and pulled stories out of. And But honestly, I didn't want anybody to jump to conclusions, so I decided... I cannot... <laughs> 
I'm done. I can't, even, I can't even get the article out. This is my last episode. It's just doing awful, right. awful kangaroo. Derek's puns. gone walkabout, everyone. Right. You can't. <laughs> oh wow. Okay. So, uh, but in in light of some of the heavier topics that we're probably going to get into, uh, I turned to Florida because everything crazy happens in Florida, guys, and uh, crazy has uh, because there is a kangaroo loose. In the streets. Now, hang on. Before you continue, you say everything is crazier in Florida. Yeah. I'll say a loose kangaroo is pretty tame for Florida. For Florida? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, it, it is. It's actually, it's actually pretty tame considering the other Florida there's, articles. There's, there's of... other details about this story that, yeah. that give it that Florida and flair. Give it, Florida, it does give yeah. it that Florida flair. Because this, this feels like it's, the, when you, when I read the article, it feels very much like, Somebody was like, hey, there's a kangaroo loose in the streets. You should write an article about it. And he was like, okay, is it violent? Is it right? like what's Has the, the kangaroo deal? like attacked anyone? Yeah. And they're like, oh, no, 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 no. It's not a public safety risk. It's just been lost for a few days. And he's like, okay, so what, what does that mean? And they're like, I don't know, man. Just make some shit up. And then he's like, cool. I'm doing a whole one pager. And the, the gems that he's able to find are probably some of my favorites. I, I have an alternate theory on yeah. that, um, but I'll let you get it, get to the article now. Okay. I'm, I'm, I will say, I do feel like there is some, some tremendously missed uh, clickbaity opportunities here. Oh, because the article sure. easily could have read Kangaroo uh, avoids pursuit by local authorities. <laughs> and then you'd be like, what? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so, the... Uh, the kangaroo in question, its name is Storm. Uh, it's five years old, uh, and it lives on the Jupiter Farms in uh, Jupiter Farms, Florida. Uh, it's owned by uh, a man named Westergaard, uh, who actually owns about six different kangaroos. Um, but he's not exactly sure how this one got out of its enclosure, and uh, it sure did. And apparently, uh, this might be a surprise to you guys, but kangaroos don't want to be caught. I know it's weird. I know it's crazy. Exotic wild animals don't want to be in a cage. Um, so I think it just doesn't want to be in Florida. That's that's probably true, which is why they're having a the really hard time was like finding it. Hopping around, and he just saw something that said Florida. He's like, "Oh fuck, this is where I am." <laughs> oh, I knew I made some bad decisions in my life, but uh, so uh, apparently, uh, this is a, a direct quote from probably the most reliable source of all. Uh, kangaroos are smart enough to know that if they get out, they don't want to be caught, said Michael Poggy, a Florida-based exotic species expert and vanilla ice's animal consigliere. So here's my theory about this, <laughs> about, the, about the paper. Yeah. The journalist in question uh-huh. has probably been, like, middling for a while at the paper, not really breaking a bunch of great stories. He has connections in Florida. Okay. I.e. Vanilla Ice's animal consigliere. <laughs> also, he, every time you guys say consigliere, I want to say consigliere, but I don't want to get, I don't want someone to turn and smack me. He, just analyze this. He hears, I just love that that is a job title. Like, well, I don't think it is, but. Oh, no, no. He's, but, he's the personal exotic species consigliere to vanilla ice i so i think this middling journalist uh-huh. hears about a kangaroo getting loose and they're like well guys someone needs to cover it ron why don't you just kind of write some of these like ah, no, 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 boss i got connections in this town see i'm gonna make a call and he's like from upstate new york 
Yeah, well, of course. Yeah. Because I'm sure he titled the guy Consigliere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't even call this guy. His connection is Vanilla Ice directly. <laughs> He's like, Ice, I heard you have an animal Consigliere. Let me get his number. Because did you know there's a kangaroo loose in Jupiter Farms? And Ice was like, all right, I got it. <laughs> While you know, he's, like, you, renovating homes. <laughs> you know I love kangaroos. <laughs> Which apparently he does. I did uh, the Ninja Turtle thing, but I really, my real passion is kangaroos. kangaroos. Yeah. Also, no one's allowed to call him that. They, don't, they just call him and they're like, yo, Ice. He's like, no, you call me Mr. Van Winkle. <laughs> <laughs> what have I told you before? It's either Vanilla or Mr. Van Winkle. <laughs> I'm too old for that ice shit. And none of that vanilla Van Winkle shit. <laughs> I let it slide the one time and that was it. Because <laughs> it was your birthday. <laughs> uh, so, the consigliere. Now I just want to say that word as much as I possibly can. <laughs> it's, it's great. It's the fact that that's what the dude's profession is uh, in this it. article. Like, it's not like wild animal expert. It's not yeah, like... Right. Um, you know, whatever species, marsupial, or, or even if you just call him wildlife expert, that's it's simple, and that's a that's it a is profession we all exotic agree animal consigliere. It's so good. It's it's, it's great. So great. I love it. Uh, and that's one of the reasons I love this article is because there's so many little things like that to unpack. Where like at first glance you're like, who gives a fuck? It's a kangaroo. I'd like to point out the definition around. of the word is an advisor, especially to a boss. <laughs> So are you telling me that Vanilla Ice is some sort of crime boss, but only when it comes to exotic animals? Yes. yes that's exactly what we're telling you, Matt. Oh, that's great. This is so good. He runs an animal mafia. <laughs> this has made it even better. This order, I'm telling you. I want gems. that kangaroo and all of its joeys fucking whacked before sundown. Get my consigliere Michael. in here. <laughs> Michael Poggy, he's the guy to do it. It even sounds Wait, like a Sopranos yeah. name. Wait, all the Joeys, like our guys? No, no, idiot. No, the Joeys. <laughs> the little baby kangaroos. And that's how he's a kangaroos. Kangaroos. I want those roos found. <laughs> they oh. will not be another Outback Jack as long as I'm alive. Whatever that movie was, Kangaroo Jack? It was Kangaroo Jack. Jack, yeah. Oh, my God, it's so good. Uh, yeah, so he goes on to say that once they're out, they know it's time to have fun. <laughs> Which is like the most unprofessional description for a, well, a wild animal if, that's loose. If you've ever seen videos of like kangaroos and those old school boxing fights, like they will fuck people up. Oh, they don't for care. Sure. Yeah. And they have the advantage of having that thick tail to balance on and yeah. kick the shit out of people with. Yeah. So, like, the definition of having fun to a kangaroo probably is way different than any other animal. <laughs> well, but when you say, you know, he wants to have fun, so that brings up another interesting question. Yes. If if this guy is the uh, consigliere to, uh, to Vanilla Ice, then who is his Fredo? Who is responsible for showing the kangaroo a good time? You know what I'm saying? That, that is that is true. That is true. I well, wanna, we need a follow up. We I need know. a follow up. I, I on need this. to know who gets the kiss of death to this kangaroo. I knew I it was to... you, Fredo. <laughs> you broke my heart. You broke my heart. Okay, that's it. he was just supposed to show the kangaroo a good time, but he let him out. That's that's, yeah. that's his downfall. Yeah, that's, that's, that's his, his downfall. downfall. So we've got so really, it's going to be the Rue Hunt, and then the Rue Hunt two, the Rue Hunt, 2, and then yeah. ten years later, it'll be the Rue Hunt three. 
That's that's how with this the is daughter. Gonna, with the daughter. Yeah, it'll it has be bad. No real relationship to Storm. It's just a whole. Michael different... will find all of them boring. Uh, <laughs> I will. He will think that they're all overrated. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, yeah. So uh, and then it goes on to talk about all the, these people. That... The Rue father. <laughs> the Rue father. Yeah. The Rue father. Oh my. God. I like how we've not really talked about the article. No. There's. But see, that, this is this is why this is why I actually decided to go with the article uh, because in reality, in reality, the base of the article is simply that a kangaroo escaped. They're not exactly sure how. Kangaroos are apparently really hard to find once they get out because they're uh, well, they're masters of the dis- of disguise. You know, disguise, <laughs> it's impossible know. to find a kangaroo. According to the consigliere, they just want to have. They fun. throw on sunglasses and a hoodie. Pff, yeah. they blend in so well. So, but they also have really good survival instincts in the wild. So, there's a couple things that the article. I wonder why that is. <laughs> I know. Uh, there's a couple things that the articles mention is that they have good survivability because most of their diet is grass. So, especially them being in Florida. They don't really, there's not like they have to scounge for food, so they have to get close to residents or anything like that. They can pretty much be anywhere out and, about, and yeah. out and about. Um, and then uh, they also, unlike things like dogs and birds and sometimes even cats, they don't have like a homing beacon in their kind of mm. DNA. So, so they can kind of go wherever. So, he, so Storm won't necessarily be able to find his way back because yeah. he doesn't have anything to, to do that. So it's very imperative that they find... Yeah. The animal, because and, it's not going to be able to find its way home. And while they have good survival instincts, they're not good at reading road signs. They're so. really not. I know. I know. Well, it's you hard know, to it's believe. their sec- it's their second language. I mean, you can't really yeah. fault them for that. Yeah. Um, so the the other thing I really like about this article is how they uh, is how they describe the sightings. As if like people are looking for a haunted clown wandering the streets, like so they have one uh, where uh, uh, so several residents reported seeing Storm uh, joy jumping around town on Tuesday uh, at roughly four feet tall and forty five pounds. The kangaroo cut a surprising figure after dropping her son off at a school bus morning. Dennis Cooper said she saw the silhouette of something that seemed to be hopping down the street. It's actually uh, it was it was Pennywise actually. It was. It was. <laughs> Yeah, this is actually just it, but <laughs> it is. It's, it's the story of it, and apparently everybody in Florida, their greatest fear is a kangaroo. Yeah. So that's why this is this is all I, happening. It also has to be one of those things where there's someone driving, and they see what they presume is a kangaroo, and they're totally just like, "What? Nah, there's no way. We're in Florida. Like, what? How would a kangaroo get over so, here?" What's funny is that is exactly how this thing became national attention. Is because that same woman that was like, wait, what was that? Yeah. She realized all of a sudden that it was kangaroo. She was shocked. And then she's like, well, I've got to do the only logical thing, which is post a video on Facebook. So that's what she did. And now it's receiving this attention where everybody's looking for Storm. I, Uh, I, I assume, I can only assume that this was a white woman because she decided to just record a video and post it on Facebook. Um, you know, whereas if it was a black man, she would have called the cops on him. This yeah. is true. This is very true. What but it's it, a kangaroo. It's a wild animal. Yeah. It's what cute. if it was a black man dressed as a kangaroo? <laughs> <laughs> she would have probably been like stolen valor. You can't, you can't do that. Oh. And then uh, this is another one of my favorite interactions. Is uh, so Westgard while they were actually interviewing him for this article. Who's the guy who owns the kangaroo? Uh, he's walking around uh, trying to look for him, and so he's going to residents and asking them, 
uh, hey, we're looking for my kangaroo. These are direct quotes, by the way. Uh, oh, oh, thank you for clarifying. Yeah. So, because it's so dumb. So, we're looking for my kangaroo. And they're like, oh, well, we haven't seen him. I have no idea what you're talking about. To which he responds, okay, well, if you see him, you know where I'm at. Do they? That, I don't know. <laughs> it just seems like a, it's just such a stupid thing to include in the article, I guess. I don't know. Uh, but yeah. Um, so apparently, uh, the consigliere, uh, played a key role in resolving the murder mystery of Jimmy Hoffa. Uh, wait, no, I'm sorry. That's not, that's not correct. Uh, he played a key role in, uh, resolving one of the last high profile marsupial getaways. Yeah. I'm sorry, again, what? Again in yeah. Florida. When, uh, when, uh, Vanilla Ice's animals were taken. <laughs> It's not true. They weren't taken. They just escaped. They were like, wait, we're owned by Vanilla Ice? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so apparently, uh, Mr. Robert Van Winkle, uh, the marsupial godfather himself, uh, lost a goat uh, and a wallaby. It rammed its way out. Yeah. <laughs> it like rammed a hole in the fence and got away. Like that's, yeah. that's got to tell you something. It did not want to well, fucking be yeah, there. No, you know, I don't know if you guys not. knew this, but uh, Vanilla Ice's compound. He is just constantly playing Ice Ice Baby on a loop. <laughs> and also, he's playing the audio clip of him comparing it to Under Pressure by Queen and David Bowie, saying it's not the same, on a loop as well. So it's like two plays of Ice Ice Baby, then a play of that, then two plays of Ice Ice Baby, a play of that. Yeah. So the coach just couldn't take it anymore. All yeah. I'm saying, though, doesn't he do, uh, like, home renovations, home renovations and con- construction yeah. and stuff yeah. now? Does he really? Like, you couldn't, he build, has a show. couldn't build a better fence to keep your goat in? I don't have a lot of confidence like, in your I like abilities. The, I like that the way they painted too is the, that like the goat was like, I don't want to fucking be here, and it just rams its head into the and wall. And the wallaby saw an opening, and he's like, like oh, Fuck shit, it. I'm going to. Whoa, whoa, it was a wallaroo, guys. A wallaroo. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Vanilla Ice's whole career has been so strange because obviously he was uh, a pop artist, dated Madonna, had this like crazy like one hit wonder life. Became a pro motocross rider yep. for like a long time. Got into like flipping houses or renovating homes. Now has a show about that. Yep. And like, it's crazy. Talk about a dude who people laugh about all the time, but has like honestly been successful in a lot of the shit oh, yeah. that he's done. For sure. for sure. Look, the fact that he owns a Wallaroo should yeah. tell you that he's doing okay, guys. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but this, this good on you, Robert. This is clearly going to lead us to the Disney animated film, The Goat and the Wallaroo. I'm sorry. Uh, hang on. Vanilla Ice has an an- exotic animal consigliere. How much more <laughs> successful do you need to be? I don't know why they don't have a show about that. Yeah. Why is that not an animal planet? My name is Michael Poggy. I'm an exotic animal consigliere to the stars. Oh, my God. And today, I got to look oh. for... An elephant. Oh, oh my God! True TV, please, dear God. True TV, Animal up. Planet. Please, we'll be executive producers. Please, it's look, fine. You guys spend hours and hours of television making up jobs for people. Here's one that's already made up for you. Yeah, someone's already done the work. Oh, it's so. Good. It'll be great. See, there, but the reason you need like animal consigliaries is because, like, animals often get real bashful when they have to present information <laughs> to other yes. people. Yes, this makes sense. So. Yeah. The anxiety. It's, yeah. it's the article it's, doesn't it's mention that, but I'm pretty sure Poggy would agree with you. Yeah, I think the the kangaroos should just get together and start protesting. 
<laughs> so that they don't have to present anymore. But, but um, really only on Twitter. Only on Twitter. Yeah, that's, that's where only it's most on effective. Twitter. Well, and you know what? The uh, Storm is about the size of a middle school <laughs> child. This is true. Maybe a little smaller. Maybe like a fifth or sixth grader. Um, Michael, you segued beautifully into my article, uh, which is, I found this on The Atlantic, a uh, very kind of well-known publication, uh, written by Taylor Lawrence about middle school and high schoolers protesting because they don't want to do presentations in class anymore because they're just under too much stress nowadays. These these middle school and high school students, they... You, you guys can't see it, but we're both rolling our eyes and shaking oh. our heads. And he hasn't even gotten into the article yet. Uh, so, <laughs> um, and look, I just want to, ahead of anything I'm going to read verbatim, I understand people have performance anxiety. I understand people have problems presenting things in public. I understand it's tough for people to speak to large groups or even small groups. I mean, Derek and I, and, you know, we do stand-up comedy. Mike does live performances quite often. So we all know we, we don't understand from that point of view what it's like to be like stressed out about it. I don't think. I, yeah. you know. That's not true because, okay. like, yeah. as a, as an actor, that's fine. I slip into a character. I'm not me. Mm-hmm. But in school, when I had to present as myself, yeah, I had anxiety. Like, okay. I don't like talking in front of people. Yeah. yeah. But it's what it's part of the fucking class. Like, yeah. yeah. There's school is not supposed to be oh yay fun happy me. Like you're no. learning and you're getting prepared for adult life. You right. know. So yeah. uh, according to a recent survey by the Association of American Colleges and Universities. Oral communication is one of the most sought-after skills in the workplace, mm-hmm. naturally, with over 90% of hiring managers saying it's important. People like um, blowjobs. Yeah. and oh, no. uh, that's, a, that's a different Not word. that kind yeah, of oral? Some, not that kind of oral. You know, some educators feel that they or they can credit in-class presentations to building essential leadership skills, yeah. uh, increasing confidence in students, and even understanding the material because you're presenting it a different way. For people to understand it, but um, in the in more recent years, teens have not been cool with this for whatever reason. And there's a tweet on September 8th that kind of blew up uh, from a student at Softed Hearts that just read, uh, "Stop forcing students to present in front of the class and give them a choice not to." Um, and there was another tweet uh, back in 2017 from an at Dan Beavers. Uh, teachers, please stop forcing students to present in front of the class and raise their hand in exchange for a good grade. Anxiety is real. I I agree with the last statement. Anxiety is real. I uh, think, yes. you know, yeah. however, I think as long as school has been a thing, participation, in-class participation and yeah. presenting projects... Has also been real. But also, <laughs> like, if you're going to start doing stuff like that because someone's like, oh, I have anxiety about speaking in front of people, what? that is such a slippery slope from someone who's being like, I get extreme anxiety from taking tests. Yeah, so which, stop making which, students take I, tests. I do. I do. I hate testing. It freaks me out. You I know, get extreme anxiety from having to do work at home, so I can't do homework anymore. Yeah. Like, it's I'm, such a load yeah, of shit. I'm 30, and I 
fear walking into work and them just being like, hey, you got to take a test today for something. Oh, dude, like, for sure. I'm 30. For that sure. never goes away. I did a job interview. Pop quiz, hot shot. I did a job interview where they were like, I thought everything was going well. And uh-huh. It was great. And like we were talking. And yep. you know, I, gave, I think I know I what you're like, getting to. I, felt, I gave some good answers. And then they're like, okay, great. Well, uh, here, here's a written test. You have five minutes. And I was like, whoa, what <laughs> the fuck? And they Sorry, like. I'm- I'm a 30 year old man. I don't think yeah, I don't, I don't you think have the I wrong need, guy. I don't need a pop quiz. I don't think I need to work here anymore. Uh, but it was like, it was one of those things where even at 35, I was so there and the questions weren't hard. No, they were like basic questions and I probably failed it because I was so just anxious about it. But it's like, dude, that's the whole reason I had to take tests in yeah, school. Because yeah. that's. I think I had a job that I did. Yeah, take a test too. Oh no, yeah. But it was one of those. I I got more into the like. Pretty sure I aced it. Did I do better than everyone else? Tell me. <laughs> did I? Um, did I, I? I have had job interviews where I've had to take tests as well, and, it, and it's it never goes away. But uh, students who support abolishing in-class presentations argue that forcing students with anxiety to present in front of their peers is not only unfair because they are bound to underperform and receive a lower grade, but it can also cause long-term stress and harm. Uh, and a student, a 14-year-old eighth grader named Ula, or Eula, I'm not sure how to pronounce that, said nobody should be forced to do something that makes them uncomfortable. Pause. Which, which Pause. I will say, the only place that that statement has any value is in the bedroom. Uh, yes. And for some people it doesn't, and those people are wrong, and we'll yes. get to them a little later. But also, all of life is all long-term life. stress it, and pain. Yeah. Yes. Like, I get it. You're in eighth grade, and the hardest thing you have is eighth grade algebra. And I, I understand how stressful that is. But you're not fucking ready. No. Like, you don't understand. That that's that's easy street. Like, it just... You know how many times... The longer you're alive, the harder shit gets. You know how many times I would have much rather have just had to give a presentation in my adult life than oh having to do anything you, else. Dude, are you kidding? Um, so, And then uh, she continues uh, by stating, uh, even though speaking in front of a class is supposed to build your confidence and it's part of your schoolwork, I think if a student is really unsettled and anxious because of it, you should probably make it less, make it something less stressful. School isn't something a student should fear. Pause again, Derek. Give us the pause again. <laughs> um, I don't ever remember a time when... I didn't fear school, even through yeah. college. Well, and that's the thing. Like, I I don't like speaking in front of people, like, at all. Um, and I remember feeling anxious about doing that. But it was never to the point where, like, there's a, a – later on in the article, it cites one person who was like, I'd stay at home when I would have to give. Yeah. And it's like, I never felt like that about it. Yeah. I'd just get up there, feel terrified, go through it. Either fuck it up or nail it, one of the two, yeah, right. and go sit down and, and it was done. Like, it yeah. didn't matter. It's school. And, like, yeah. you know, right. presenting in class for a lot of students, especially in, like, the early developmental years, like, I would say third grade through maybe, like, sixth grade, um, I saw it firsthand to help students who were probably regarded as shy. And, like, no one really knew, no one really hung out with them because yeah. it was hard for them to make friends. And you found out, like, oh, that kid's funny. Oh, that kid's, like, really smart. Oh, right. that kid... Is into the same, you know, if you were lucky in, like, an elementary school class to where, like, oh, you guys just have to present on something that you like. Like, show and tell. Yeah. You just have to present on something that you right. like. Yeah. Uh, or that is interesting to you. You don't have, it's not schoolwork. It's just something to help you 
speak publicly. Yeah. Which is understandable. Um, yeah, and then, like Mike said, like, it just goes on uh, with kids kind of giving bullshit excuses about not wanting to yeah. do and, and public no, speaking. Nobody is saying that anxiety isn't real. And I understand that, it, like, on the scale of fears, it goes public speaking and death. I get that. But that has been how it's been for centuries. So you don't get to be the only generation that's like, well, we're just not going to do it. Like, no. No, fuck you. But yeah. also, and if you just ignore things, like if you try to avoid things like anxiety, it's you're just you're gonna make things worse right. later yeah. on down the right. road. It's like, it's like uh, pushing things down. Yeah, just causes them to build up until you explode. Yeah, yeah. So well, and, and, and I know the ar- the article does cite that it says that students are under more stress now than way back when. And it goes on to say that, like, they have more, they're doing more extracurricular activities. They have more homework now. And then it was saying that, like, one student was like, I don't get home from sports until 7 p.m. And it's like, motherfucker, that is optional. Sports (laughs) is optional. If you're stressed out over it, No one asked you to play football, asshole. Like, just because you want to shag women in high school doesn't mean you don't get to do public speaking presentations because you... You're, you're doing too much. Like, uh-huh. shut up. And, you know, the the other thing, too, is that, like, okay, if a high school student right now can't handle getting home at 7 from their extracurricular activities and still having homework on top of that, it's like, you know, sorry to say this, but guess what? Like, when you're an adult, that's how shit goes. Yeah. You get home at 9, and you're like, oh, I still have to... I still have to do other shit before yeah. I can go to bed, before I can lie down, yeah. you know? It's, and that's and, the thing is, like, I, and I agree with you, and it's a lot of, like, the the whole idea of public, especially public education. Public education is designed to prepare you for the workplace. Yeah. That is what it is designed to do. So all of your tests, all of your basic arithmetic, all of your speaking skills, everything that you do in normal academia is designed for you to be a good worker. Whether it's something you love to do or something you hate to do, all of those skills apply. And so if you just exempt yourself because you're too anxious as a 14-year-old, like, you don't get to do that when you get an actual job. No one's going to let you be like, oh, you, you, you get anxiety when you present? Oh, okay. Oh, no, that's fine. No, we'll, we'll keep paying you. Yeah, yeah. You, know you take the day off. You take the day off. Like, and, you know, that I think that's why there have been some workplaces that are like, hey, you know what? We're like, we're totally fine with you taking a mental health day. Or whatever, right. to get your bearings about you and get back to, yeah. to reset yourself. That's fine. But, and, and I, you know, I would think if schools had, like, some sort of allotted, like, each student gets, you know, one mental health day a semester or whatever, like, to where they can do that. Uh, but there's a, there is a respond, a tweet responding to the one from at Softed Hearts, um, which says, just so you know, exposure therapy is commonly used amongst psychologists as a behavior therapy to help treat anxiety disorder so your point about um it can be cured by facing your fears is just false yeah which i think is true like there have been a lot of studies of especially people who have like i mean i was gonna say true phobias but phobias where it's like no like you present them with whatever they're scared of yeah and they come to realize like oh i have been scared of kind of nothing right for a long time and i think For sure, I think public speaking is, like, one of those things that I think everyone can do it. Obviously, it's tough for a lot of people. Yeah. And it's difficult. It's terrifying. It's terrifying. I understand. I really do. So do I. But I think for a lot of people, once they kind of do it, because their worst fear is either, like, 
stammering, stuttering, not sounding right. Yeah, looking stupid. Looking stupid. But once you realize, especially, like, I think if all these kids are supposed to be supportive of one another, if, like, you are supportive of your classmate and they don't give the best presentation where you're like, hey, great job. I'm really proud of you that you did that. Right. They're going to be like, oh, oh, like, it wasn't that bad. Yeah. Now, the next time they have to present again, they'll be better at it and they'll just keep getting better at it. Yeah, so, but kids kids aren't that kind. Yeah, no, they're, they're not, well, and I and understand that. You know, because yeah. because I was one of those kids. Now, I wouldn't outwardly ridicule someone, but when someone gave a bad presentation, I would be there like, ooh, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. You know what no, I mean? I, I get that, and I do get that. And I, I look, again, I know that anxiety and depression and mental health issues are very real. Oh, yeah, and totally. I, and I know that they're very real amongst young children. I, I completely agree with that. However... It doesn't exempt you in the rest of your life. Therefore, in your most developmental stages, no. you should not be exempt. But from also, it. in the article, there's the when I mentioned the person that was like, "Oh, I, I, I skip days." Oh yeah, yeah, when just I, yeah. It, it even mentions that it, that person says, even when the teacher offers for me to present to them one on one, I can't do it. And it's like, so you can't present information to another individual person yeah that's a whole horseshit yeah no, how do you bullshit. talk to anyone that's yeah and that's one of the like that's one of the coolest compromises i can think of of like okay i get it it makes you anxious to public speak so you're still going to have to present but we can do it in your safe space and it can just be with yeah whoever it, that teacher was they're they're yeah, very yeah they're very accommodating you can do it with just because and i'm sure when the three of us were in school our teachers were not that accommodating. No. Fuck no. Uh-uh. That's the other thing, too, not is, like, close. hearing about teachers now, like, yeah, we want to give the students more options. It's like, I would have loved that oh, in yeah. school. If I yeah. could just, instead of, like, I don't know, if I had alternatives to doing whatever it was, yeah. I probably would have been a way better student because, yeah. well, and also, too, I think that's part of the changing landscape of education where people realize, like, the core values of it of public school education really don't offer benefits yeah. to anyone like and the fact that like having to go outside the box and like all right present something in a different way like teach someone a different thing yeah um helps people but like you know what happened to where when we were all students it was like no you do what the teacher says and yeah. that's the only way to do it the, yeah the problem is with with today with kids today is that every there's this big movement of well we want to be treated like adults but you you're not fucking adults right right and i'm not saying that kids don't have rights but these aren't even rights we're talking about this is i don't like doing this so i don't wanna that's you know what i mean <laughs> that's exactly what it is yeah. and it's that it's that thing that has started to where when we when at least when i was a kid like teachers could discipline you you know Sometimes physically, and it was it was on its way out. Yeah, Mike grew up around the same time as Little House on the Prairie. I did. So <laughs> I did. He was getting yeah. hit with with sticks I and was. rulers. Yeah, rocks. Yeah. Rock. Yeah. But it was one of those things where you you feared and respected your teachers. Right. Whereas now, like, a teacher can't even look at a student the wrong way. Yeah. Right. Or say anything, and it's that it's that progression that has led to this. It's it's students just going like, well, I don't like this, and I don't want to have to deal with it, and then parents are so accommodating because every one of their fucking kids is a snowflake yeah. that 
They're like, well, you can't, you can't discipline my this child. This will probably be the only time you hear any of us use snowflake. Yeah, because and... I actually hate that word, and I think oh, it's yeah. out of context I think, quite yeah. a bit. But this is when it applies. <laughs> this is this is one of the and few we don't times mean that the students it. are snowflakes in that they're all individuals and each yeah, one of them no, is special. No, that's not. Look, no. guys, guys, you go K through sixth grade as just learning the basics of how to fucking communicate. You get two years. You really just learn how to be. An okay, An okay communicator. communicator. That's it. You get seventh and eighth grade, which is like this weird, awkward transitional period to help you through your puberty time. Your body's you doing hit, weird things. You You're... hit high school and realize that everything is fucked, right? But you still have to learn how to have basic communication skills. And then you get to college and you can fuck off and do whatever you want. You want to... Yeah. You can. That is when you get to decide what it is that you want to do. And if you don't like presenting, you drop out of the fucking class. You drop out and of school. Take a new one. Yep. Like that's where you get to do all that. But I'm sorry. Or you have you... to spend the 12 years of learning how to just be a normal working person. And then yeah. in college, if you want to be an art student and live on ramen, whatever, or, do whatever you hey, want. I if, don't care. But that's when you get to do that. If you want to be some sort of like, hey, you know what? I'm not really into school. I just want to work and make money. You can totally do that too. Mm -hmm. You have every right to. But I think until then, you gotta you gotta do the presentations. Yeah, just suck it up and do the damn presentation. Yeah. What's funny is that like I actually found going from junior like what I want to say from elementary to junior high more of an anxiety ridden thing because elementary does not prepare you for junior high no it does oh, no definitely nor, not nor does junior high really prepare, prepare you for, you for high school, school. no <laughs> no nope. they are more similar but they're still completely different monsters yeah yeah i, I remember agree. going from uh, doing the 6th grade to 7th grade transition and in 7th grade being like why do I have to go to five different classrooms? <laughs> yeah. Why does each one of these teachers give me homework? Yeah. That's going to take me all day. Yeah. And then when you get to high school, you have like, okay, cool. Like I have that under my belt. Like I know how to do that. Yeah. But then high school adds on this whole other pressure of like, and, and you know, this is where I'm going to probably side, side with the kids of like, there is some pressure and there's some stress that people are like, Hey, what clubs are you going to join? Hey, are you going to try to play oh, a sport? Dude. Hey, what are you going to do? And yeah. I was the smart one. Mike is who, absolutely right. Yeah. High school, that freshman year of high school is so overwhelming with oh, social yeah. anxiety. Like, even if you're relatively maladjusted and you're like the star quarterback in eighth uh -huh. grade and then you roll into ninth grade, you are still JV at best. Like, there's a whole group of students who have been doing this for three years uh -huh. before you. Like, you're a fucking nobody. And, and then, you know, I, I made the, I made the choice in high school of being like, you know what? I don't want to do any of this school shit. I'm going to join a band and play shows every Friday and Saturday night. Yeah. And that's just what I did. And you have the option to do that because yeah. in high school there are options, but it's like you have options outside of the classroom. I think you got to stick with. What are, whatever they present you in the classroom, just stick with that. Just do it. Because it you know done. what? Just get it done. Just do it. Because by the time you're out, you're going to be like, oh, you know, I kind of know what I want to do now. Yeah. Like, I figured yeah. out how I want to. you wanna... can change it 4,000 times. Exactly. Like it's... Yeah. But I just, I remember, because like you said, in, in elementary school, you have one, and that's where I think that the biggest gear shift is. 
is from elementary to middle school. Some places don't have middle school or or junior yeah. high. You just some are like K through nine, right? Yeah, K, nine, K through eight or something you like go that. To a you go into high school, to... but uh, but I definitely had the elementary, junior high, and then high school. Yeah. But elementary school, you're for the whole year, you're in one classroom with the same set of kids. Yep. Sure, you get exposure to some other kids when you're at recess. Recess, but right. for the most part, your world is the 30 or 40 students that are in a classroom yep. with you. When you yep. get into junior high, your world is now everyone. <laughs> oh, yeah. And yeah. you find out that everyone are a bunch of douchebags. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, I, I got bullied so fucking hard oh, in junior yeah. high. Oh, yeah. That changed in high school, and, but it's like... Junior yeah. high was a nightmare. Oh, I, the least of my worries was giving a public presentation. Yeah, <laughs> that should be the lowest on your list. Like, and it's I don't. And know. also, if you're over here, like, oh, we have so much stress, and your biggest stress is public speaking in a classroom. You're you're not stressed out you're enough. Not, no, like, no. You're... no. My biggest my biggest anxiety was the locker room for gym class. Oh, get the fuck. You know, and you know what? I went in there and I what? took those punches like a man. <laughs> you know what those students are gonna really wish they were doing when they're. 29 30 looking at their credit card bills and their car payments and their cell phone bills they're gonna be like god i really wish i could just give a presentation in my eighth grade english class right now because that seems a lot better than paying fucking bills Um, but i agree with you man that social that social adjustment of going from that six is where you're right because think about how much bigger your world keeps getting like you go from 30 students to Everyone from set, from two different classes of, of groups of students. So you get 30 students that multiplies into 400 students. And then you go to high school, and that shit doubles. It doubles. And and, there, and it's not even doubled that with all the kids your age. It's now tiered. And, and not only that, that better than you. you. You have, like, there's so many other social pressures. Like, I remember going from sixth grade, and it's like classic Hollywood tropes. Like sixth grade, you're the oldest kid at that school. Like, dude, right. You're the, you're the, the top, world. You're the top of the food grade. chain. Yeah. And then when you get to seventh grade and you're walking through the halls and just some eighth or ninth grader sees you and is like, I don't like you for no reason. <laughs> That's it. Then you're like, oh, tight. Now every day I come to school, I have to avoid this guy. <laughs> Fucking game over, dude. And then not only that, when you're in sixth grade, you, maybe like some of your buddies are like interested in girls, but not really. Yeah. And I'm only speaking from my experience, but like when I was in sixth grade, me and my friends like did not care about that. And then boom, all of a sudden we got to seventh grade dude. and I was like, wait, why does everyone have a girlfriend but me? Yeah. Why? Like, oh what's God. going on? We didn't on? even talk about what the fuck's no. going on with your hormones. Like. And then when well, you look, get to if, if they can't present in front of a class, they ain't talking to the opposite <laughs> sex. Well, that's true. <laughs> and then you're like, when you get to high school, you're like, oh, tight. I'm like still the lowest on the totem pole. Yeah. But now these fools are 18 years old. <laughs> and they're Half strong. Adults and they're... Like, they're legally adults, and they're strong. Yeah. And what is going on it's, right now? Dude, so I, man, I don't even understand how you have to... I, I fuck these kids. I don't know how they have time to worry you about know what? this I'm going to enroll back in high school uh, dude, and I'm make their lives like, real reliving, bad. I'm reliving seventh and like, like past grade, traumas. And I'm just like... Wait, how was presenting in class ever an issue? Like, I hated chemistry, but it was, like, the least of my worries when it came to school. I I had a flashback of walking through the halls of my junior high school. Yeah. And a an eighth grader, I was in the seventh grade, and an eighth grader saw me wearing the same shoes as him, 
and was like, I better not see you wear those shoes again at school. <laughs> and I was just like, okay. And I remember I went home. I took the shoes off. I put them away. Yeah. I got another pair of shoes that I had worn as a sixth grader. Then I was like, well, they're not really my size anymore. Yep. But, and I wore those for about a week before my mom was like, what happened to the shoes I bought you? I was like, I can't wear them. I <laughs> got to wear different shoes. You know, because that is like a real deal yeah. stress situation. Because this dude just didn't want me to wear those shoes because yeah, he yeah. didn't like me. And, and look, we're not saying that school isn't stressful because it is. Yeah, but yes, that's, again, that's what we're our, whole, our whole point is that life is stressful yes. and there, this is it's preparatory and if you keep taking shit away right. like just because you don't like it like being disciplined or having to speak in front of people or take tests eventually there's not going to be anything left right. you're not going to be prepared for shit and society as we know it is going to end yes that's so my, my only solution and then we can move on is if you want to give kids the option to not present right and the kid's like oh I have anxiety I can't present their other option is that they have to enter into a battle royale, and it's a fight to the death. Look, and then hey, when we'll death see... when death comes number two, you might have kids yeah, that you, opt for that. That's what I'm saying. That's, look, if you're gonna do both both fears, then just give them the option and let them pick which fear they want to go with. I I have an option that may work. Um, you have to you have to give them a drink and slip something into it. Oh boy, it'll calm oh it'll calm God. the nerves. <laughs> Right? <laughs> May even put them out. And then they'll wake up and realize they've been raped by Bill Cosby. That's... You just went real hard and fast with that one, yeah. huh? That was, yeah. That was the weirdest but somehow seamless like, segue. I'll tell you what. When they wake up and find that nightmare, they won't be afraid to present that, in front of public true. anymore. That is very true. Um, so, hey, guys. Uh, Bill Cosby was sentenced. hey to <laughs> To three to ten years. Yeah, probably less than that with with good behavior. With this old is, person this behavior. This is another as it's happening breaking news story that we've got to do. It is, yeah. I couldn't not talk about this. And there's been a couple of these similar sort of sexual assault allegation type stories that we could have covered. Right. Uh, this one I felt was more important because this has been going on for quite some yeah, time. No, it has. And yeah, the fact that absolutely. he was actually is, finally sentenced is big. This news. is a uh, what. I mean, obviously, this was a, for a crime he committed in 2004, but this has been since 2011, I mean. Has I feel it like really been that long? 2013, maybe, that people have known, at least known, like an inside Hollywood secret. Yeah, because the, the incident that he is he's actually being sentenced for was from a sexual assault 14 years ago. And, and then I, it didn't come out right away. And I think Cannibal Burst broke that information, like 2013, 2014, okay. I feel. Wow. I didn't realize it had been going on for that long. Uh, I think I just got yeah. so tired of all the Bill Cosby because jokes yeah, it I... happened. It happened in 2004, and I guess she actually came forward in 2005, and oh. then everybody was like, nobody believed her, kind of a thing. And then yeah. it wasn't until you're kidding, some... no one believed her. Yeah, it's crazy, I, crazy, right? I don't know why they don't report stuff. That's sarcastic, uh, by the way. And yes, I think it's yeah. I just need to uh, clarify. We're not serious. That yeah, not at all. I, um, I want to clarify that I'm on your side. R- really quick to <laughs> just briefly talk about Kavanaugh. Uh, a comedian did tweet like, maybe if Hannibal Burris makes a few offhanded jokes about Brett Kavanaugh, people will start to give a shit. Because that's really what no, you sure. know, started the whole Bill Cosby thing. Is yeah. Hannibal Burris said a few comments at a live show, and all of a sudden it was news. Yeah. And, 
people started is, to pay attention. But what's funny is it, it wasn't news until he did it. Like, but everybody knew it was a. Very it was. Big it was one of those open secret Harvey, Harvey Weinstein, Weinstein type yeah. things. Yeah. yeah. Harvey Weinstein, uh, Roman Polanski yeah. type. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But uh, yeah, he was uh, sentenced to three to ten years, and his and uh, I guess his uh, um, his bail was revoked, so he was taken into custody and not allowed right to, away, right? Yeah, right yeah. away in the courtroom. I think he's I think he has a single person cell, um, and he's in Phoenix, right? Didn't they like send him to a prison in Phoenix? I don't know. This article doesn't cover that. Oh, but yeah. Yeah, so here's, this is going back to the initial incident. It says, The lengthy path to this moment began in 2004 when Cosby, the groundbreaking actor, gave Constand pills to incapacitate her, then sexually assaulted her. She told police in 2005 about the incident, but prosecutors declined to press charges and they settled the case in civil court a year later. And then a decade later is when dozens of women came forward and were like, yeah, he did it to me too. Yeah. So, uh, so what's funny is that when I actually saw the, the initial press release about it when it was three to ten i was like three to ten he like raped like 50 women what the fuck and then uh when i read this article it says that her case was the only one that he was being charged for because the other ones were outside the statute of limitations Mm. and it's like what a fucked up yeah because you know this man who was so powerful that everyone was afraid to say anything yeah and now He's he's outside of the time frame that yeah, allows yeah. him to be tried for it. So it, three to ten, I know like a lot of these organizations that are, you know, that support women who have been raped and things like that. We're like praising this as a big victory, but me three to ten years is some bullshit. Well, it, I, I agree with you that it is bullshit. It it obviously does not. The punishment does not fit the crime in the sense of right. in the broad term of things. No, right? in the but legal sense. I in guess. the legal sense, yeah, but. And, but I do think that it is finally like a s- step in the right direction because it's like, hey, no, like, I think we're starting to see the breaking point of people to where they're like, well, we gotta like fucking put these guys away for this yeah, shit, right? Because it's getting out of hand when like you have what was it forty almost fifty something women coming out against Cosby, yeah, and you have almost as many coming out against Harvey Weinstein, and now you're having. Four coming out against Brett Kavanaugh, right. and you know it's one of those things where it's like, hey, like it could happen to Cosby. It feels like it could happen to anyone now. And I, I think that's probably the more of the precedent that they're setting. It's not so much that it's the length of time, yeah. as much as it's there's time on it at all. Like, but and right, that he's like, he's not yeah, untouchable. He's not untouchable, and, and they are going to bring charges against him, and he is getting sentenced. And which it, is not something we really thought was yeah. going to happen. And it seems like, from what I read, the judge who was the judge in this case was like pretty harsh with him, and not really like letting up. Like I, I know his wife kind of had a statement that he like said like, "Well, that's not going to count towards anything. That's going to be stricken from the record." Yeah. Like, and then they tried to bring up something in court and the judge called him like a sexually violent predator like they didn't really go easy on the guy which i don't think they should yeah no i'm not saying that they should have but what's funny is that this isn't even the first trial yeah there was another one the first one ended in a hung jury and then uh and then in april he was convicted of three counts of aggravated indecent assault for drugging and assaulting her um and then now this so 
Uh, I will say the uh, there's some comments made by Bill Cosby's spokesperson that uh, I, I'm trying to find it here again. But when I read it the first time, I was like, "Wait, what? What did he say?" Uh, I'll try to look it up, but uh, keep 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 going. The uh, you know, there's been a lot of comments in the last 24 hours by Cosby's spokesperson, and I'm sure, uh, or and also his supporters online. Yeah. Who have a lot to say about this. And yes, they do. I just did a brief Twitter search because I was trying to find exactly, like, if he's in a single cell, what prison he's at. And uh, if you just search Bill Cosby on Twitter, you can see a lot of bullshit about it's crazy. people like, yeah. man, fuck those broads. They should have came out about this earlier. It's like, so they're stupid. all just trying to capitalize that's, on that's blah, blah, so blah. Funny. So this is, this is, and this kind of ties in with the Brett Kavanaugh thing. Uh-huh. Where the GOP right now is trying to say, like, oh, well... If this all happened, why didn't they report it sooner? And it's like, guys, let's let's just look at the case at hand, okay? So fo- follow me. Follow me here, right? She got assaulted in 2004. Oh, Jesus Christ. She reported it in 2005, and they told her to go fuck herself. Yeah. So by that logic, you're saying that she should have reported it sooner, even though she did it when it happened? Wait, I, I'm sorry. I Can you... Help me, help me, help yeah. you. Help me understand, understand how your this logic. Works. Yeah. So here's a here's a couple uh, comments just from the judge, like things that the judge actually said. Uh, I guess this was in the courtroom. Uh, it's Montgomery County, Pennsylvania, Judge Stephen O'Neill. So this was a, a serious crime, Mr. Cosby. This is all circled back to you. The day has come. The time has come. Um, and then he also said something. Uh, something about the crime. It's, oh, no one is above the law, and no one should be treated differently or disproportionately. So that was from the judge. Nice. Now, Cosby's spokesperson, Andrew Wyatt. Uh, this, um, this quote is... This should be plastered on so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, This quote is amazing. I'm going to read you the whole little spiel here that goes Fantastic. in. It says, Cosby spokesperson Andrew Wyatt unleashed on the media, judge, and prosecutors after the sentence, calling the prosecution the most racist and sexist trial in the history of the United States. It's a bold statement. He also said Cosby was doing well because he knows that, this is in quotes, he knows that these are lies and even compared it to the sexual assault allegation against Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh. Uh, then he went on to say, "Oh, this is my favorite part. This is the part that I want on a." They persecuted Jesus, and look what happened. <laughs> I'm not saying Mr. Cosby's Jesus, but we know what this country has done to black men for centuries. I'm I'm not saying we're bigger than Jesus. I'm just saying <laughs> it's that is. Uh, I I don't even know what to do with that quote because it's so just it's wrong in so many ways. Yeah, there's so many there's, ways. Like uh, there's, I'm not even religious and I'm offended. No. Like there's so much in that in that whole statement that is like, oh dog, you must be getting paid big <laughs> to represent this guy because there's no way. No, if this dude believes it, then oh, you know the, no. whatever. There's, absolute, there's, but there's no way. It just has to be about the money at this point. Oh, from for, for a sure. statement like that to come out, for um, sure. It's you know we, we were talking a little while ago before we were going over the statements about you know the woman came forward in 2004 or came forward in 2005 a year after people told her get lost. We're not going to do anything about this. Yeah. And the GOP uh, in regards to the Brett Kavanaugh thing. And even the Bill Cosby supporters are like, why didn't anyone say anything sooner? 
Um, it's like, I don't know if you guys saw the whole, uh, I think it was the hashtag yesterday, I believe women or um, I believe survivors or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't recall now. But it, it caused a lot of people, especially celebrities, to come forward online with their stories of like when it happened. Padma Lakshmi, the host of Top Chef, came forward about uh, her rape in when she was 16 years old. Yeah. And how she couldn't tell anyone. She couldn't even tell her family. Yeah. Because she was under the assumption that, like, well, no one's, people are going to think I'm making it up. Right. No one is going to believe me. Right. And even, you know, to kind of involve everything, uh, the Catholic Church and, like, the priests. Oh, There yeah. have been men who are just now, like, yeah, when I was, I'm, like, 50, when I was 12, I got molested. I got yeah. raped by a priest. And it's like, oh, why didn't you say anything sooner? It's like, who was going to believe a child with that? Yeah. Yep. Like, you yep. know, who, and that's been the whole reason that people are now because there's so many people it's like you want to talk about anxiety yeah you want to talk about yeah but there are so many people who have come forward since the uh first initial like 40 to 50 with bill cosby since the however many dozen with harvey weinstein that there have been so many people coming forward that it's like yeah now people expect to be believed or i would hope people expect to be believed because it's like well, there can't be hundreds of people who this has happened to and they're all lying, right? Like, yeah, there's no, for there's sure. no way that that's sure. possible. But yeah. it's like when you say, like, well, why didn't you come forward sooner? It's like because for the longest time, sexual assault was just like, nah, you're you're thinking the way that yeah, he looked it, it at was, you was. There was a lot of, and there still is, and, but. It was more, it was a very, like, victim blame. It was a very, like, and we, it it kind of goes into the uh, thing that we were talking about, where you've got teachers, and if you had a complaint, when I was a kid, if I tried to tell my parents, like, oh, my teacher did this, they're probably, and this is nothing, I'm not shaming my parents at all. That's just the way it works. The way it was, yeah. You're 12, your teacher's a grown adult, if the teacher tells you that, it tells your parents, like, no, the kid's fucking making it up. You're the kid it made up. it up, yeah. Like, that's, that's just, the, and it's just the world. So it's not, you can't be shocked when these, these people, these boys and girls were raped by these elders. Yeah. And, and be, especially when it comes to priests, it's like they're, yeah. if you live in a Catholic neighborhood, like, your especially if you are, were in like the 1950s, 1960s, dude, they're, they're yeah. revered. Irish Catholic. They're revered. Yeah. And they then are, again, practically deities and applying that to this particular situation it's the same thing people men in in extreme power who have these personas like bill cosby the clean comic the clean comic he didn't like when people cussed yeah he didn't like that black black men (laughs) sag their pants he was a family man yeah you know they they present this image of like i'm better than everyone yeah. yeah, and then they go and do this shit, and yeah. and know, I could see how that would be get like if she was trying to give a statement to the police, and they'd be like, "Wait, Doctor Huxtable? No, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. like, that's, like yeah, that's yeah, no, we're, no, we're writing it down, we're and, writing it down, and you know, to to uh, the other thing that doesn't help, especially like in regards to like how students, how the sexual assault of students has been treated, um, there's this whole idea when it comes to a young, a twelve, thirteen year old male student who has sexual relations with his hot teacher or something like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, where were those teachers when I was a, a student? And I'm not saying, you know, I, I'm, I had attractive teachers. Sure. 
you know, but it was one of those things where it was like, when I got to the point where I knew what sex was, it was like, man, that would be cool. It's never going to happen, but that would be cool. <laughs> Frankly, but, Matt, all of that is disgusting. <laughs> but but seriously, where, where were those teachers? <laughs> but, you know, it, it doesn't help that that's, it's such a double-sided right. thing. Right. To where, like, oh, when it happens to guys, it's like, hell yeah, that's cool. There was an Adam Sandler movie based on that. Yeah. Uh, but when it happens to girls, it's like, I think the girl's making it up. Like, she can't really be trusted. Or they come out with these stories of, like, oh, but she kind of, like, sleeps around a lot. You know, she she says this shit to get attention, you yeah, know. Right. And, and it sucks that even now, after all these people come forward, I think even Bill Cosby getting sentenced... There's still gonna be years oh, of no. women coming we've, forward, we've got a long and there's way to such go. a long yeah. way. This to is go. this it's is just that because a of the tiny, Brett Kavanaugh stuff. Yeah, this is just like, a tiny glimmer of hope, is what yeah, it is. Th- yeah, that's it the is. crazy thing is that as one case, as one sexual predator is being sentenced to to prison time, yeah, another one is being looked at to be a Supreme Court justice. Yeah, and four women have come out. And the FBI is involved, and they're still like, ah, but those girls are making it up, you know. So yeah, there's a way long yeah. way to go. Oh, but yeah. uh, well, when, you know, sure. when our president has also been accused, of yeah. oh my god, yeah, and he's on like more than one occasion, and he's defending this nominee, yeah. saying that they're making it up, and it's like, really, four four separate women are just making shit up, are yeah. they? Those four women conspired together. And said, it's all it's all a political ploy yeah. by the Democrats, guys. And look, I'm not saying that every woman who comes forth with a rape story is telling the truth, but you can't just discredit when people come forward For sure. because That's... because of the odd, you know, rotten apple occasion. Yeah. Because right. inherently everybody, you know, people lie. They do. Oh yeah. Sure. And I think I think when people when people are kind of like I've heard, you know, mostly obviously male comics make the statement of like oh believe all women it's like yeah i think you have to believe all women until things are either revealed or come to light or anything like that because it's like all women so far have not been believed so it'd be i'm sure it'd feel nice for everyone to be believed you know and, and it happens it's not even just with sexual assault like i work at a place that has to deal with plumbers and contractors a lot and there are a lot of women who work in the customer service department, and they tell the contractors and plumbers, like, oh, no, this is what you have to do to install the thing properly. And they're like, oh, could I get connected to a male tech? I just want to, you know, just, like, Jeez. flat out. And the male tech will tell them the exact same thing that the woman tech yeah. told them. And they'll be like, all right, great, I got it. I'll install it for sure, no problem. Wow. And it's like, Jesus Christ. yeah, I'm sure all the women in that department would probably fucking love if a dude just believed him. <laughs> if every dude they came across believed him for a whole day, yeah. they would probably be like, man, today was good. Today felt great. You know? Yeah. So it, it's like, yeah, there are so many instances where men talk down to women yeah. that, yeah, why not just believe them all up to yeah. the point of yeah. if it turns out it's not true, yeah. then okay. You can always backtrack. Right. You know? Right. But, uh, yeah, so so it's crazy when people are like... And yeah, sure, there's probably going to be a few that yeah, want to take advantage for, of for of every, the movement. For every but movement, for the, every yeah. change, there's always that person 
that wants to capitalize on it. But that's and why I, and I that's why they that. have these things called investigators. Yes, that follow <laughs> up on those that claims. Follow up. Yeah. But so if we if we just allow all of these claims, so we can at least have the paradigm shift. That's that's really all we need this for. It's yeah. not gonna be it's not gonna be believe all all the time forever because yeah you're gonna get people to take advantage of it. But for right now. For most of the time, it's been yeah. Don't believe them. That's, yeah, that's been that's been how it's been for decades. So now we're moving into this centuries. Thing. I'd assume centuries. Yeah. <laughs> so now we're moving into this era where it's like, oh yeah, actually guys are pretty shitty sometimes, and like we should we should probably treat women yeah. better. So maybe we should start believing them. Just believe them all, and then also sometimes they're pretty <laughs> shitty most of the time. Okay, that's I was trying that's to give true. us the benefit of the doubt, but look, we're all off. We don't we don't deserve it. We don't. We absolutely don't. Uh, we're we're pieces of shit. Let's just admit it. Uh, but yeah, let's just believe all of them long enough to shift the paradigm to where we don't even necessarily have to, because now you're going to force all of these people that have never had any consequences, that have never had to do jail time, that have never ever been sentenced and never thought they were going to get caught, and now you're starting to tear it all down to where, yeah, maybe it just won't happen so much to where yeah. you have to do this blanket thing. And then it's like if somebody does come up with an allegation, you take it super seriously because it's not something that happens all the time. And that's the problem is it's happening all, all the time, the time. Yeah. most of the women you know in your life have probably been raped just on a statistical point most of them have probably had that experience. and and it's also one of those things where it's like people want to assume it's only the entertainment industry and it's only the government this happens at every workplace everywhere man. this happens huh? at your local starbucks yeah this happens at your I would 100% assume your local Denny's. Um, <laughs> this ha- this happens everywhere. Hey, hey, don't you run a political smear campaign against Denny's, this, all right? This happens everywhere. Just, so All I got is based on your plumbing analogy earlier. I just had this vision of someone at the Starbucks drive-thru ordering a drink and being like, but I don't want this in it. And she's like, oh, that doesn't come in it. It's, it contains this. Can you give me a male barista, please? <laughs> I want to be transferred to your nearest male barista. <laughs> but it, it happens at every workplace, and it's yeah. something that has been happening. So it's like, yeah, there's a lot of people in probably more so red states than blue states that are like, ah, it's all the Hollywood liberal elites that blah, yeah, blah. No. It's like, no, dog, like, no. straight up, your local business there probably has the same problem. Yeah. There's probably a dozen women that work there that have been sexually assaulted by the same dude. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Your police force, whatever local yeah. fucking police force for is sure. in your town. Yeah, it's... so so it's like the the Cosby thing to bring it all back to how this could be a win can be hopefully viewed in that point down the line. But I I think it'll still take it'll take years yeah, before we actually see the ramifications. Just to kind of yeah. put a, a bow on it is if Brett Kavanaugh does get through. It's 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 a it balances itself. Two out. steps and forward, honestly, one step yeah, back. But uh, honestly, based out. on everything I've seen in the news and the way that every Republican is like, I got his back. I don't care what these yeah. lying harlots are saying. Yeah, and it's like he's probably going to get. He's through. probably going to get. Through. Yeah, and, and it's it's disgusting. Terrifying. It's you know? terrifying. That and, sets an insane precedent for where we're at right yeah. now. Like change change does need to happen. Yes. Like and I and agree. while this is a it's a step in the right direction, like you say, I mean. It may, yeah. it may be like that half step forward, and then we're gonna take yeah, two steps right, back for sure. But uh, but it does need to happen because I'll, I'll tell you what, 
if these hot teachers that have sex with junior high students do in fact exist, they're being wasted on the anxiety-ridden students that wouldn't even be able to do anything with that information. Uh, high school students, have you maybe thought your teachers want to fuck you and that's why they want you to present? Total, totally just, you know, nullify everything that was stated. I'm just saying, if you can't get, if you cannot give a presentation to just the teacher alone, you're not going to be able to maintain an erection. I'm telling you that right now. You want to talk about anxiety. Let's just talk about performance, bro. Look, guys, what we need to do is we need to just release a bunch of kangaroos in the White House and just let them go ape shit. I don't know how that solves anything, but I just want it to happen. That's and then all. we call Michael Poggy, <laughs> the exotic we animal consigliere. Trump giving a statement to the press. A bunch of antlerless deers escaped <laughs> in the White House, <laughs> prancing These around. Deers, they're very good deers. A lot of them are my close personal friends. I know them very well. <laughs> they jump all the time. I tell them to jump. They say how high. <laughs> Anyway, guys, oh, wow. we're uh, we're out of time. We're over time. Well over time. Yeah, that, yeah. I figured that was going to happen. <laughs> yes. Uh, but anyway, uh, I'm Michael Maxwell. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Jack of All Nerds. I'm Derek Murray. You can find me on Twitter at, at DRock Comedy. That's D-R-O-K Comedy. And I'm Matt Avila. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Matt Avila. M-A-T-T-T-A-V-I-L-A. And in case you haven't already, head over to jackvallnerdshow.com. Check out all of our other shows, our main show, Jack of All Nerds Show. Get your nerd on. Yeah. Uh, we also have Cineblokes, movie reviews, uh, some video content, all kinds of good stuff. So head on over there and check it out. This has been the Moons Over My Podcast. We will talk to you after the next meal. Yeah.